0: The story that I would want people to understand or that I would try to convey is that um, you are absolutely more powerful, more smart, more anything that you think that you're not. Um, You have the potential to be great um, and you just need to find that thing. You need to find that passion you need to find that consistency, um, and then the most important part of this, you need to find that belief in yourself. And Dan, I think it is because that would be my last story because I go back to the math teacher and telling me I would never amount to anything, and me believing for probably the first what I would call half of my life, or maybe fourth, because hopefully I live a really long time. Um, but but for that, you know, twenty to twenty-six years uh, first part of my life believing like, man, I'm, I'm just, I'm going to be nothing. Like I'm going to work a dirt job and I'm going to have a dirt house and I, i probably will never be happy. And I don't deserve to be happy. Like, and then me having the aha moment, that light bulb moment of like, you know what? I'm, I'm destined for something greater than this. And I believe it.
1: Welcome to the Storytellers Network. I'm your host, Dan Well. I'm so glad you're here joining me today. Uh, we get to dive into uh, another video creator here for season three. Very excited to have this guy on the show. Uh, his name's George B. Thomas. He is the inbound evangelist for Impulse Creative, an agency that does inbound marketing and works uh, with HubSpot a ton. Uh, George actually creates all kinds of HubSpot tutorials which uh, maybe to some of you doesn't sound like a storyteller thing, but man, this guy tells stories. and He weaves in and out of his tutorials with story, uh, helps to uh, empower people and inspire them. And to me, that's what storytelling is all about. Uh, This guy has gone from a bar bouncer to a youth pastor. He's got all kinds of stories. (laughs) He's seen people at their best and at their worst. Uh, He's been all over the place. Uh, A variety has brought, uh, variety is the spice of life, right? That's what I want to say. And, uh, and George definitely has a spice to life. So he's got quite a background and right. And now as, as an inbound marketer, this guy is just killing it and leading the way, especially when it comes to video marketing. So I cannot wait for you to hear his story, uh, and, and all of his, his ups and his downs, uh, some tips. He's got some great tips in here for storytellers, especially, like I said, for video storytellers. So, Whatever you're doing, listen to this episode and and take a lot away from it because I know it's there Now as we get into our conversation just a quick reminder You can find more information online at the storytellersnetwork.com Resources past episodes uh, season one writers season two podcasters lots of great guests out there I've been extremely blessed with that. So check out the website for more Uh, And Hey, if you like what we're doing here, leave us a review in apple Podcasts. We appreciate it very much now Let's get to the stories there you go. That's my intro. This is the man, the myth, the legend, George B. Thomas. Thanks for joining me today, George.
0: Hey, Dan, it's great. And by the way, the man, the myth, the legend, I'm just a guy trying to make it through this world and trying to, you know, add some positivity, uh, be humble, be human, be happy. Those are those, that's,
1: those would be the three words versus man, myth, legend, (laughs) humble, human, and happy. I love it. And that's, oh, yeah. You know, when, when you posted that at one time, I mean, we've been friends for a while now and we've been connected for even longer, but um, I feel like we've, we've developed this this friendship here. And when I saw you post that at one point, I thought, man, that's spot on. Like, yeah, was, I, I love that when it comes to to life in general, but especially when it comes to like marketing and business development. That's awesome. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Without it, I mean,
0: you know, we all need a North Star and, and Dan, for me, it's like. I'm not the sharpest tool in the shed. At least I like to say that. Although some people are like, dude, be quiet. Just, just shut up. (laughs) Um, But for me, I had to boil it down to the, you know, four words. Um, And it is about being happy. It's about being helpful. It's about being human. And it's about being humble. And each of those represents something in my life that I need to remember. Um, And so if I wake up in the morning and I go to bed thinking of those, which by the way, like those things and story, since we're talking about storytelling, like they're really important pieces of the puzzle.
1: I think they are. Yeah. <laughs> to understate that. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, so I'm going to put a pin on that. I'm going to come back to that. I want to, I want to ask you first. Um, so out of almost 30 interviews now in the storytellers network, I kind of, I get a feel for everybody where they're from, because I like to think that as storytellers, whatever our medium is, we don't have to be in specific, you know, locations, you know, if you're, if you're an actor, Hollywood, right. If you're in theater, New York, right. If you're music, Nashville, maybe, um, for for storytellers, we're kind of everywhere. So where are you geographically? Geographically, uh, North Carolina
0: and, uh, Charlotte area Mm -hmm. and uh, not always been here. Like there's a story behind that. There's a story behind everything. uh, Uh, but I've actually lived in Ohio, Texas, California, Virginia, Montana, and now North Carolina. And in all those spots, have you always been a storyteller in some way, whatever your profession is? Man, to be honest, well, no, not necessarily with my profession. But here's the funny thing for me is my parents, since I was like... Three, four, five years old are like, oh, you'd like to tell stories, like, uh, and and they were used the word like embellish, right? Um, and I'm like, I'm just being creative, like, what are you talking about? Uh, but at some point in, I, I think it's personal, professional. I really have a hard time like separating those two. But as a human being, I'm always looking for a way to communicate in the way that almost anybody would understand it, and that always well not always typically that goes back to some type of story form content or at least the building blocks of what creates a story and then dissecting it and putting it together where they understand it so yeah. it's kind of my answer to that one so you so from three or four years old you've always been a storyteller in some way I love oh, that yeah. <laughs> Some way. my, my here, I'll, I'll give you it like this because my parents and it's kind of salesy and, and I'm not really a sales guy. You know, Dan, I'm just not. But my parents from a very young age would say you're the two things. They're like, you're going to either be a politician or a preacher, which I've been one of those and I haven't been the other. And they always used to tell me, man, you could sell ice cubes to Eskimos. So that tells you a little bit something historically of just me as a person
1: uh, in this like using communication or story to be who I am. Yeah. So story really does come down to – uh, engagement and making others feel good. And then they eventually, you know, it's not about the sales. It's about getting to know, like, and trust you. And then you're just doing business together, doing life together. I, right? I totally agree with that. Yeah, it yeah. is.
0: You know, if you can, if you can educate somebody or if they can learn uh, more about you, more about a product, more about a service, um, more about just life in general and how you live, that life or navigate that life. It's a game changer versus like, Hey, buy my widget for $9.99.
1: Right. Yeah. That relationship is so much better than a transaction in it. Yeah. Ooh, that's tweetable right there. (laughs) I'm just saying. And it it always comes back to the relationship is big. I mean, story connects us, right? You know, like in the intro to the podcast or as, as we talk about throughout this, this chat story, I think the underlying thing is story connects us. Mm. And so in sales and business and, you know, if you want to build a network, I mean, being a storyteller and a story sharer, I think is so important being a curator. So anyway, off my soapbox. Yeah. So <laughs> this yeah, is, yeah. this is your time, brother. Um, so, uh, so I want to come back to uh, educating somebody. One of the things that I admire about you, George, is that in your world of, of marketing and being in an agency and specifically working with HubSpot, which is a very complicated system, or it can be anyway. Yeah, it's grown into yeah. be. Um, when we first started, it, maybe it wasn't so much. That yeah, seven eight years ago. But um, but your your I mean your thing is so from my perspective, your your brand, so to speak, your your mission is to help people understand the software, the strategy, everything else behind it, in order to get to know, like, and trust you, and work with you, and and you and the agency that you're at. Right, so. Yeah. How how do you do that in a way that isn't, I mean, when we were talking beforehand, you said, you tell people you do tutorials and they go, oh, yeah. well, that must be boring. It's not. What's your secret yeah. to that?
0: Yeah, so it's funny because, um, and again, I boil things down to their simplest form. Whenever I am going to do a tutorial or whenever we train clients, it is always about a tool, a tactic, and a task, right? So it's the piece of equipment, it's the strategy that you should be pulling with that, and it's the then go get it done mentality that you have to have. And so even if you break down the tutorials I do, you realize a couple things. One- there's those three pieces. And so you're like learning about the tool, how to navigate there. You're learning what you should do or not do inside the tool. And then I'm giving you some type of action oriented piece at the end. But I also add this other little like spice, maybe a couple of spices uh, to these tutorials that you're typical like, and then you go to the contact tab click on the contact tab, like that's not my tutorial. One, I'm energetic, I'm excited, but I sit down before every tutorial and I say to myself, how can I make this fun and entertaining for the viewer? Because they're already in a software that is confusing. They're already probably a little frustrated because they've Google searched this tutorial because they're trying to figure something out. Mm -hmm. How can I make them smile when they might be sitting there thinking, oh, I, I hate this, like this is frustrating. And so the, the beginning of each tutorial is something like, there's everything from me running across my screen multiple times to like, Keystone cop like style videos. So it's, it's adding that creative piece. And, and with that in the tutorial, I also try to add in some humor. Um, I even add in some thought leadership to like, man, I wish the tool did this even if it doesn't, because I understand not only end users are watching, but I'm telling the story of a user to a company who Mm -hmm. might actually be watching the video as well. Um, So that's kind of how I go at these. It's about being creative. It's about having some humor. It's about adding in some thought leadership. And then it's about those three main pieces that are there. And that's the tool, the tactic and the task.
1: And it kind of, I've heard the term edutainment thrown out there. Oh, yeah. And as much as I don't like combining words, and all these made up things that we do now, like that really describes what you're doing, though, doesn't it?
0: You know, yeah. and I, I hate that term, too. I really do. But yeah, I will agree. That is is—that is at least what I'm pulling off is I'm, I'm entertaining and educating people, you know, two, three, seven minutes at a time. Uh, And if they continue to watch multiple tutorials, that's completely on them. But I really do want to be that person that um, you say, man, why can't I, you know, figure out how to build an opt out list in HubSpot and you search it and there's that one tutorial teaching you that one thing um, and just over and over again. Like I think I think I've done probably at this point, Dan, maybe five, six
1: hundred roughly HubSpot tutorials over the years. Hmm. That's, a, that's a, an incredible library. And it just shows the, the heart you have for being helpful. And, and human yes. on that. yeah, that's awesome. Yes. So, yeah. so why do you think that as far as you doing that, creating that story, sharing that story, being a storyteller and doing it for, for you personally and for the, the companies you work with, why is video so powerful when it comes to that? Why have, why do, why have you chosen this as your medium of, of choice?
0: Yeah, well, you can see I'm a very handsome guy. No, I'm just kidding. Yeah, I'm just I mean, kidding.
1: I'm just kidding.
0: It's the hair. No, I'm kidding again. I'm kidding. No. So here's, here's the thing. I love video because video is a way that I can communicate. And just that last section, like you might be listening to this podcast or you might be watching this on YouTube as well. If you go back to that last section, what you heard, you're going to perceive differently than if you went and watched it because you'd see my face You'd see me turning a little bit red. You'd see like my hands up like in the I'm just kidding fashion. And and in audio, which, by the way, I love audio. I love podcasting. I mean, used to do the Hubcast, now doing Wayfinding Growth. Mm -hmm. Pretty soon a new show is going to be coming out. Not letting any cats out the bag here. But anyway, I love that content. But um, video, people need to be able to see it. And especially for these tutorials, like you have to see where you're gonna navigate um, to actually complete the thing that we're trying to complete. So it just totally made sense. Um, For me though, video, it comes down to a couple of things, right? And remember, I put those four words out there for a reason. Video is the most human way that we can communicate. Because really, if you think about it, when we're in person, we're in video. Like you can see me, you can hear me, like all the things that real person, real time connectivity happens, other than shaking your hand, like that happens on video. So it's, yeah. it's just the closest. And, and I love that. I love that you get to use body language you get to use, you know, the vocal tones and the the pacing and all that stuff. Um, and plus if, if you love to get into the editing, like you can do some fun stuff that just really adds, uh, that oomph, right. That entertainment to it where all of a sudden the screen's black and white, or there's an explosion or things come sliding in like the, the words to the points that you're trying to get them to really pay attention to. It's just, it's just video is very,
1: very strong. I, I, I like uh, everything that you just said. And what I like about it is the, the intimacy of, of that connection of being able to see you, get to know, like, and trust you. I, when I've created videos, I feel like I'm talking to one person. Yes. So hopefully as you're watching, you feel like you're being talked to and, and, and taught or whatever. So yeah, I totally agreement. I love it.
0: Yeah, um, one thing, it's, it's funny, I want to piggyback on that because one thing I have watched people do that I, because I, I, like, I like tidbits of, hey, don't do that or do this. If you watch people uh, do videos and they say, hey, community, hey, fam, hey, like be careful with that. Using the, the communication of combining people into a group because it's very hard to feel special In a group. But if you talk in like you and yours and we, right, then it's like you're specifically talking to that person, even though a bazillion people might watch your tutorial, a thousand people might watch your interview, a hundred people might like engage with a piece of content that you've created with video. But it's going to feel like, oh man, that Dan Moyle, that guy created this video just for me. Like this was amazing. And it's, it's night
1: and day, just that terminology. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I, you know, it's funny you say that because uh, my, my background a little bit is, is radio. And so that was one of the things of don't ever be on the mic and saying, you know, you all, the whole world, blah, blah, blah. Just talk to one person. And it's yeah. so important. It, it carries over to video too. So that's a great tip, George. I like that. What um, we've talked over the years, you at one point called yourself a recovering youth pastor. <laughs> you mentioned earlier, you should have been a position or a preacher. So we, I think, yeah. I think we know where you went. Um, yep. does, does that background come into play now as far as addressing folks and teaching and, and did storytelling play a part in that? I mean, has that all kind of culminated to where you are now?
0: You know, it's funny because we kind of we bring up this whole piece of it. Like, I have been on this journey. We we're all on journeys to create uh, who we're supposed to be at certain points in time. And I always look back and wonder, you know, why why was I a, a pizza guy? Why did I work at a furniture store? Why was I a youth pastor? And like all of these things have taught me. Um, pieces of what I use each and every day. And I will tell you, it was the time that I went to school to be a pastor and the time as a youth pastor that absolutely like I got bought into story was the way to move forward with people and communicate and not to get too religious because I know there's some people who listen to this that aren't religious and some people that listen to this that might be religious. But at the end of the day, if you read the Bible, it's stories like Jesus himself, parables like there's this seed and there's this sheep and there's this water and there's this flask and and he wasn't he never came out and said hey like uh there's this dumb guy. His name is Bob and he's not like it was never that way because one thing that I really pay attention to when I'm doing my fashion of storytelling, which is like I'm always trying not to polarize anybody who might be able to learn a lesson from the words that are coming out of my mouth, right? Just like rewind like 45 seconds and I, I immediately tried to like disarm anybody who was like, oh crap. It's about to get religious, right? Because I said, which by the way, is a story technique, like disarming people immediately, which by the way, going back to the beginning of my tutorials is why they're immediately funny and they're immediately telling you what you're going to learn because you're like, oh, I get it. Like you're in for the ride, right? And so um, that's, that's where I kind of really got fond of storytelling that's where I started to pay attention to how do I, how do I do this myself? Um, And, and again, the little tip micro tip that was in there is when I am storytelling, one of the things I'm thinking about is how do I make this not polarize anybody on the planet? Um, Because that's just not a good thing. Like there are people whose entire career is pretty much based off of polarizing a certain community or not. And I don't think that's a tactic that we have to play, to be
1: honest. Yeah. Yeah. You can, if that's truly who you are authentically is to be an arguer and a a finger pointer. Uh, Mm. Okay. That can be your brand, I guess. But I I agree, George. I I don't, you don't have to be. And for those who can do that and do it successfully, that's great. But not everybody has to be that. Be, be authentic, be, be kind for crying out loud. Right.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And and it's funny because another thing I wanted to say when you asked me about like, do you think that like being a youth pastor part of, uh, of, of what you did helps today? Like the other big word that immediately shot in my mind, Dan, was empathy. Like hmm. I, I come into almost every situation with empathy, meaning I understand like they're having a problem with this thing and I'm going to show them how to not have a problem with this thing. And, and that can be everything from HubSpot tutorials to like I did this set of transition videos where when I was making a huge decision in my life from going from one job to another job and like giving up a crap ton of money, but knowing that I'm comfortable here, but I'll be uncomfortable here. And that means growth. Like, and I talked about all of those things in a very authentic way of like, look, somebody might be dealing with this someday and you might stumble
1: across this video. And so here you go, like have fun with it. And do you think that empathy comes a little bit from your diverse background? You mentioned, you know, pizza guy, furniture store, youth pastor, marketer, all these things. Does, does that help see different sides of life?
0: Oh, I here's the thing. Like, I don't know anybody else. And I'm sure as soon as I say this, somebody will email me. I don't know anybody else who when they, their bio gets read for podcasts or speaking has from um, uh, bar bouncer to youth pastor no matter where he's been in life he's always been trying to help people right um and and so like i i have like zero judgment um i've seen people at their worst on a bar stool you know Eight beers in, uh, ready to get a divorce, wish they could make it work, about to lose their job, to people coming into the office at the church and their kid got in trouble and now you know they're gonna have to go to some youth jail to like like w- my mind, there's just like, look, I'm gonna uh ooh, I'm willing to meet anybody where they're at and try to give them a hand up. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's just, that's like a core piece of, of who I am. And I think that comes along for the ride in every story that I tell, whether it's professional or personal. It's that humility
1: of, of helping others and, and humble. Yeah. Uh, humble, right? Amen. Humble.
0: To, I'm telling you those four words, bro. <laughs> the more we talk, the more we're like, oh, that word
1: we said yeah. a while ago just keeps coming back. So yeah. what do you think, what do you think is, so I, I get what you love about storytelling and it, and it seems to come very naturally to you. Um, what, what's a challenge in storytelling that you've had to kind of face? Yeah, I think
0: there's two challenges that I've had to face. And I think they're challenges that anybody who wants to do this well are going to face. I'll go with the easy one first, to be honest with you. And then I'll do the difficult one second. The first one is being authentic. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, a lot of people, when they think about being a storyteller, they do like a couple of things. They'll go. And so it was a dark night <laughs> on the eve of like, or they'll be like, hey, everybody, this is Bobby G. from," and, and you're like, which, by the way, I do that sometimes because I'm trying to wake people up. But but they put on this mask or this this facade or this persona when they're going to go into storytelling mode, which is actually like super not good at all. Like you when you should be able to weave in and out of storytelling and normal communication and somebody not really even know what just happened. Like one of the things that I love is I can be talking to somebody about marketing and all of a sudden flow into a story about how I almost died in the Navy, like there was 13 hours and then go right back into marketing and people are like, wait, what, what, what just happened? Like how, how, how did... Holy crap. Right. Um, So, but be, and that's just by being authentic, always being you because you were created to be you and there's nobody else who can be you and understanding that the way that you're going to live your life, tell your story is going to be somebody out there. Many people out there are going to love the way that you do it versus trying to be somebody else or have that persona of what you think people want. Just be, be authentic. That's the easy one if you can pay attention to it and start to be self-aware and start to be authentic, um, it, it, happens pretty easily. The difficult one, especially more for men than women is vulnerability. Like you have to be vulnerable. You have to be willing to put yourself out there to fail, to say things that people might go, Whoa, like he said that. Oh, he did that. Like, Oh, he thinks that way. Um, but like you have to. And, and that's where the magic moments come in. Like it's, it's funny, Dan, because I talk about um, the first time I ever went out and did a keynote and uh, I, I ran from something for 25 years of my life. And I remember sitting at a cheesecake factory with Marcus Sheridan and he's like, dude, you have to start your keynote with this thing. And I'm like, bro, you're out of your mind. Like I've been running from that for 25 years. And he's like, look, I'm telling you, if you open up with that story, it's going to be a successful keynote. And so what I did is I started my keynote, black slide, white text, no, said nothing. And it just said, I'm a high school dropout. And what's funny is the crowd laughed. Uh, and then I just stood there and I said, finally, verbally, no, I'm a high school dropout. Uh, there were less laughter more like hearing pins drop Uh, and I went on to tell the story about how my math teacher at 17 told me in front of the entire class that I would never amount to anything and within six months I believed him and I was a high school dropout and I lived a lot of my beginning years believing because of the story that was being told to me that I would never amount to anything until I realized that I could rewrite my own story. By the way, just purposely used story there, rewind that, listen to what I said. But, but at the end of that, and it was a marketing keynote talking about like lead generation and lead nurturing. uh, I had a lady come up to me at the end and she said, Hey, I just want you to know, I really relate with your math teacher story. And I'm like, Oh, thanks. I appreciate that. You know, and I'm doing the hugs and high fives. And she's like, no, 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 no. I, I don't think you understand for me, that was my mother. And Dan, we sat there for 15, 20 minutes and we talked about forgiveness and, you know, uh, the unforgiveness being poisoned in our life. And I was like, at that moment, I'm like, this is what I'm supposed to do. Like, I'm supposed to be vulnerable. I'm supposed to share my story. I'm supposed to educate people. And at that point, I'm like, I'm all in. Like, there, I'm, this is it for the rest of my life. And I just felt it. I knew it. Which, by the way, Realize that we just transitioned from an interview
1: into storytelling, and now we're going to go back to interviewing. <laughs> it's one long conversation, structured conversation, but that's yep. awesome. So, did so? So, I just want to know: Does that kind of an experience change your focus and your favorite platform? Does it just add to it? I mean, if video is kind of your kind of your favorite or your chosen, that's what you're really good at. Has speaking become now your next kind of focus? No, as a storyteller? I
0: will say. I, I think this is what I will say. On the internet, my favorite storytelling uh, option is video. Mm. Um, but always, forever, till the day I die, in real life, workshops, breakout sessions, keynotes, anything like that in person, where you can actually feel the vibe, the emotion, the just the thing that is that extra, right? Which, by the way, if you're listening, you don't even have any clue what I just did, but I did kind of <laughs> like that something tasted really good motion. Um, if that will always trump it, right? Mm-hmm. And to be honest with you, video is partly a strategy. To get more of those opportunities. Like, I want people to watch the videos, the tutorials, the transitions, the whatever piece of video content that I'm creating. And I want them at the end of the day to go, D- This dude is funny. Like, did- come over here, Jimmy. Did you see what he just did for this? Like, what could be a boring tutorial? I bet he's great on stage. We should have him come out. Like, that's the strategy. So, video is to get to what I would love to do more, and that is on a stage speaking to people and changing lives. It's not it's and that's the thing that's really weird for me is it's it's not that I want to be on stage to be on stage. Like I'm I'm not that guy. I'm I want to be on stage because if I'm on stage, I know that I have 50, 100, 50,000, 100,000 people that the stories that I'm going to tell from that stage are going to change maybe possibly if they're open to it, their mindset, their way of thinking about themselves or about the situation that they're in. And again, it comes back to that hand up and kind of a roadmap to where they potentially could go. And and for me, this all boils down to, right, it's the helpful piece. It's of like, how can I make a dent in my universe by leaving somebody better off when I leave them than they were when I met them?
1: A dent in the universe. I like that. That's, oh, you know, yeah. It's, it's one of those things we talk about, especially as men, I think we talk about our legacy, right? Yep. And as much as that makes sense and that's you know true I think for, for many of us I think what's more important is the impact we leave. Yes. And, and the impact isn't always felt with your name attached and that's what a legacy would be right? Well, this is what George did whereas our yeah. impact is more like here's how my life is better by the people that impacted me and that might be a bunch of people. So yeah, I like that. I might um, give you I might yeah. give you another little tidbit
0: there. Yeah. Um, it's funny because you said well that's what that's what George Uh, And I hate to use the word hustle, but I'm going to use the word hustle. And when I say hustle, I really mean hard work. And when I say hard work, I really mean the legacy that we leave behind. But I always tell people, I'm like, look, just so you know, the reason that my game might be different than yours is because I'm out here hustling for my last name, not my first.
1: Hmm.
0: Like, it's all about my family. And when I say family, sure, I mean my wife my sons, my daughters, but I also mean Dan Moyle, Don Stanley, Marcus Sheridan, Remington Begg, like that's my family, right? The people who are in the inner circle, that's who I'm hustling for. That's why I'll do a daily video until I can't do a daily video anymore,
1: right? That's good, man. That gives me, that gives me the feels. And, and thank you for yeah. including me in that inner circle, man. I'm, I'm honored yeah, to be a part yeah, of absolutely. that. Um, absolutely. So, uh, so getting back to helpful, I know you want to help people. I want to hear from you. You you know, one of the things that that you've been very good at that I've seen is sharing with people the technical side of what you do, you know, your camera, your lighting, your mics, your setup, your editing, all these things, but you're also very good at helping them with the craft. You talked earlier about the, the tactics and this kind of stuff. Where do you think storytellers who are listening to the podcast right now should start? Is there a one or the other Is there, you should start in both tech and and honing your craft? Like, what do we do if we're just starting off? Yeah, I think the first most important
0: thing to do is hone your craft, right? Mm -hmm. So the reason that I can get on a video or get on an interview like this um, at a moment's notice or with a month in advance is because I've practiced the tactical techniques of being a great communicator, being a great storyteller, um, It's funny because I think it's Tony Robbins who says um, you always get uh, noticed for what you practice when nobody's around, right? And so the fact that I would listen to Michael Port's Steal the Show book like three, four, five, six times, that I would listen to the podcast over and over again, that I would listen to Marcus Sheridan and how he presents and talks, and I would pay attention to Jay Bear and watch him on stage. And I don't mean just watch, but like what everybody wants – I, I want everybody to understand when, when I'm watching who would be considered a great communicator, a great teacher, I'm watching the micro actions down to the finger moved this way and he turned his head like this and he moved forward three steps. And like if you start to pay attention to all of that and, and you practice like in your office, in your bedroom, when you're out for a walk and you're like going through how you would communicate something, once you get that down, that's when you should say, okay, I'm ready for the technical side of this, which by the way, the technical side is not as difficult as everybody thinks. Like it's not that difficult. Uh, Within minutes, I could probably have you set up with a system that you could be online communicating Um, but, but if I give you the technical side of it first, you're going to be communicating potentially crap and that's going to burn your brand instead of build your brand. So that's why I say, start with the the understanding of how to be a great communicator, great storyteller first, then, uh, go with the technical side, but be careful because some people are going to listen to what I just said and they're going to say, so I should wait. And that's not what I'm saying. You should start now and you should like create those videos just because you create it doesn't mean you publish it, but you might hit one that's amazing and you're like, Hey, that's publishable. Or you can even go into a really weird mindset where if you go back and you do a Google search, YouTube search for like George B Thomas, the sales HubSpot tutorial and go back four years ago. <laughs> that's a that's some messy junk back there i'm just letting everybody know you'll find but but the the acting and i learned this from marcus sheridan who learned this from michael port the acting community has this this uh term they talk about the the you have to embrace the suck or what what i like is you have to get through the messy middle right so to get better Uh, is yeah, you're practicing, you're doing it. You maybe learn a little bit of the technical, some are going to be good enough to publish. Some aren't going to be good enough to publish, but, um, the only reason that I can do it like I do it now is, uh, 400 ago, 300 ago, 200 ago, 100 ago, right? That's videos I'm talking about. That's why I can hop on and be like,
1: boom. Hey everybody. And just do, do my thing. Yeah, it's, a, yeah it's, it's the hard work you put into it in order to be uh, an overnight success, right? To be yeah, yeah. on doing things on the fly, you know?
0: It's, it's the 10 years before that yeah. night.
1: <laughs> exactly. <laughs> um, another thing I love about what you do is you've got your, so your, your recorded videos that you do, um, I love out there in the world, all the Facebook lives that a lot of people have yeah. and that you've done as well. What's what's the difference between recorded and facebook live do you have a favorite like where do we start with that this is one of those new tools out there yeah. right facebook live instagram live all this stuff that everybody wants to do yeah unfortunately yeah. everybody can do it <laughs> sometimes we don't need <laughs> that, to that's a true fact right um where do you so still, Where I, what hits you the best in those two yeah,
0: yeah. If, if you're embracing the suck, I would say definitely start with like the pre-recorded, have the option to edit it, make it look good, have some B-roll over it, be able to hide your cuts or do jump cuts because you're going to be able to take what might be a 7 out of 10 and make it a 9 out of 10 as far as a video that you could publish to the world. Uh, the thing about live, the good thing about live, well, it's a good thing and a bad thing about life is the fact that it's live, right? So if you hit it out the park, people are like, dang, that dude just hit it out the park. It was live. Like there was no cuts in there. But also the bad part about it being live is like if you like, boom, you know, crash and burn, the, the internet is watching you uh, crash and burn now. Again, I don't want people to get paralyzed by the perfection or the perceived perfection that they think they need to have because it goes back to vulnerability. Um, If you're vulnerable enough to fail because you understand that you're in a learning process, then go for it. My, My favorite is actually both, and I'll explain why. One, I like to be able to create a video that is super hyper produced that has that education and entertainment value and is like a nine or a 10 out of 10. I also love live though, because Dan, the busier you get as a professional, um, you have less and less time to create the content that your mind says it wants to create. Mm -hmm. And so being able to say, okay, I've got 15 minutes and if I wanted to create this seven-minute video, it would actually take me like an hour, and an hour and a half if I create a produced piece of content. But if I hit this live button, and if I've got like a lower third or some type of graphical border or something that I'm going to use in this live, like I could produce this literally in seven minutes, I have 15, that means I can produce this piece of content, go out and brew a coffee and use the bathroom before I get back to client work. Like, that's why I love live video, because you can just cram in, uh, in a good way, the content that you want to produce that otherwise might just lay around in the cobwebs of your
1: mind of great ideas. And do you think that uh, there again, the preparation over the 400, 500 videos you've created has empowered you to be, you know, on a dime live? Without a doubt. What if, what, if, what if we're a beginning storyteller and we're just not that good at coming up with that? Should you structure your lives so you maybe have at least like an outline in front of you? Yeah,
0: there are some lives that I just hit the button and I go. There are other lives that I'll stop and be like, hmm, I should at least bullet point this. Now, what I'll never do, I'll never script a live because it defeats the purpose. Like the, the purpose of a live is to show you at your human element, to show you like it's just, hi. I'm George and we're going to talk, we're going to have this conversation. And it really is a conversation because people can say things in your comments. You can engage with the comments if you want or not. It's totally up to you. Um, But so, so, but some of them, and if you're a beginner, I would just say bullet point out, I want to talk about this. And in this section, I want to talk about these three things. And then I want to move on to this. And I want to talk about these two things and, and realize too, as you're doing these lives, it's not about, again, the perfection it's about the value like and hang on because that's one thing i will say that is always in the back of my mind as well Um, when i go to do these tutorials or these videos or this content is um in the next two minutes five minutes 15 minutes how can i add the most amount of value to the people who are going to be watching this and so what that means is there's no secret sauce I'm not only trying to tell part of the story and then sell the rest of the story for $9.99 a month. I'm literally like, here, I'm gonna give you all I know about this thing. And then if we need to have a further conversation, we'll have a further conversation.
1: And one of the things I wanna pull back out of that, that part of this conversation is you said, um, don't let perfection stop you. One Mm -hmm. of the things that I love to kind of remind people of is that what we're doing here uh, whether it's in marketing, whether it's whatever, almost anything in the world. If we kind of screw up a little bit and we're a little bit vulnerable and we're not perfect, nobody mm. dies, mm. right? I have mm. friends who are doctors and nurses. I know, you know, I've met brain surgeons, uh, you know, NASA engineers. Lives yeah. are in their hands. Man, they're not in ours. Yeah. It's okay to embrace that suck a little bit. It's okay. <laughs> yeah,
0: yeah. And well, and not only this, yeah, absolutely. And, and not only that, but what's fun is, you know, think about when, especially with live, I'm going sp- specific to live right now. Think about when you're having a conversation with another human being, right? You never go, oh, oh, Dan, I didn't I didn't mean to say that. Can I start over with our conversation? Like can we can we, we edit just, that conversation? <laughs> yeah, can we edit that conversation? I mean, I know you just looked at me like I'm a real douchebag. Can I start over? Um like we never do that. And so just if you go into it like Well, I'm just having a conversation. Remember, with that one person, again, don't think of a live and 50,000 people, you're getting on a live to create one piece of content for that one person that's going to get the value out of it. And then all of the perceived or misperceived, you know, conceptions that we have in our mind about why we would get nervous are all gone because we're just talking to Bob at bar about like how to do this thing.
1: It's that simple. Yeah. Good. Uh, good way to bring it home for folks. Um, who you mentioned a couple of names, you mentioned Marcus Sheridan, Michael poor, Tony Robbins. Um, I assume those are, uh, ins- inspirations to you for storytellers. Do you have other ways to find inspiration? Other people that you follow other storytelling inspirations that you, that you hold uh, close to you, man, how do I, how do I
0: say this and not sound hokey? Um, dude, I honestly, I find inspiration everywhere. Yeah. Like. Uh, here's, here's the funny thing is that as humans, we like to put titles on people and things so that we can compartmentalize them. And this, I think ties into, to the other part that we talked about me that I have like zero, like you're just a human being and I'm a human being. And it doesn't matter if you're six foot, four foot, black, white, yellow. Like uh, if you think this way, that way, like I'm just, I'm just still going to engage with you. Like you're a human. Um, I find inspiration everywhere. Like I've, I've talked to janitors before, which there's nothing wrong with being a janitor, and they've said something, and I'm like, that's like the smartest crap I've heard in the last 90 days, right? And I'll, and I'll plug that away, and I'll be like, how do I tie that into something that somebody in my community might actually be dealing with? Um, and I, And I've talked to like professional speakers and just wondered like, what, what are we talking about? Right. Um, and so it, I don't, it doesn't matter the title, but I will tell you there are, there are some professional speakers that I definitely pull inspiration off of. Um, there are family members that I look at and I'm like, Oh, Oh, you're honing your craft at a very young age child. Uh, and I'm like, let me just watch what you're doing. Let me pay attention to what you're doing because you're doing it in a different generation then I did it. So I know it's going to get baked different. It's going to be a different cake when it comes out of the oven than what my gift came out of. Um, so the easy answer is, I'm, I really pay attention to everybody. I pull inspiration from everywhere. Um, it could be the fact that I've almost died three times in my life, but like the, the, I literally am telling you that the wind could be blowing through the trees of my window and I would be like, Oh, Hey, and it would be something like something would come to my mind. So it's, it's just really weird.
1: So eyes wide open, being thoughtful, paying attention. Um, yes. The smartest yes. crap I've ever heard. I like that when you said, that. Was, yeah, you got, yeah, you got me on that one. Uh, but it's true. I mean, uh, you know, you can, man, you can have family members that are better speakers and the professional speakers getting paid 20 grand, a, a keynote. Um, yeah. Or you can find the, the, you know, the great speakers are great for a reason. So yeah. All about honing yeah. your credit, isn't it? There's a
0: difference between being great and like, here's what's funny because, and I I don't really know how to vocalize this in a way, but just like, especially in our space, we'll be like, oh, they're a great speaker. And sometimes I'm like, you're right. They are. And then other times I actually go, are they Hmm. like, they're a good communicator. They can get up on stage. They can follow their PowerPoint and they can teach the lessons they want to teach. But I think to be a great speaker, like there has to be this level, at least for me, when I'm looking at people that you have to be a great human, like then like I'll say, yeah, they're a good speaker. But if, if I look at you and say, well, they're a great speaker. Like One person that I can think of that I would tell you without a doubt, great speaker, Brene Brown. Mm. She is human as human can get. Incredible storyteller, super
1: vulnerable. Like that's a great. And the second time that she's actually come up in conversation in the last two days for me. So, Ah, oh, I think somebody's telling me to, to reach out to her. <laughs> uh, oh man, yeah, she's, I love it. She's,
0: dude, she is like, I'm not really an emotional guy most of the time, but every time I've seen her speak, like it gets me right in the, in the feels, bro. Like yeah. right, in, like almost teared up. Like the second time I was watching her from stage, uh, my wife happened to be with me and she looked over at me and my wife was like, Really? Like, really? And I'm like, be quiet, be quiet.
1: <laughs> see, it's funny. I would have pictured you as, as an emotional guy. You are so full of life and exuberance that, that I could see the, the, the feels coming pretty easy for you, but mm-hmm. not so much, huh?
0: Well, so I love to give the feels. Mm-hmm. See, we all have our hangups and we've, we've landed on one. I love to give the feels, but for anybody to see that I have the feels, is a little piece of baggage that I have carried around with me that I have yet uh, to unpack. And um, it's like one of the last, you know, it's funny because uh, for a lot of my life, I had like all these suitcases that I would like walk around with and it was really heavy, but I like started to unpack them and let things go and forgive people and you know, move in life a little bit nimbler, a little bit quicker. But I've still got like this one little Samsonite like briefcase and it's got like these little things in it that I'm like, one of these days I'll (laughs) unpack this thing. But right now I'm on a mission, you know? (laughs) Uh, So that is, that is one of the things like my, my wife, like there's been one time that she's seen me actually like break down and cry. Uh, But other than that, she's like, you have no, you have no emotions, which by the way, it was when my daughter was like, my daughter looked at me. She was like eight years old. She was like, daddy, you're my angel. <laughs> Dude, it was over. No, no. I'm like, ra, 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 ra. <laughs> I was gone. It was over.
1: The love, of a, love of a wife and love of a child, two of the things that you just, you know, as men, we just can't, we just can't handle. Yeah. Uh, that cracks me up. See, I've got a couple of the people that, that inspire me as far as like professional goes. I mean, Brene Brown. Huge one, um, David meerman Scott. The way he mm. tells a story from the stage and the way he takes it so seriously as a performance, yeah, like just incredible. Yeah. I've seen him prepare for it, uh, and then Marcus that you mentioned. I mean, one of those yeah. guys that remembers names, engages the audience, doesn't just project but actually gets involved. Man, a couple, couple of great, great folks there. Yeah,
0: everybody, so. everybody you just listed there, absolutely, they're great. Right.
1: Yeah. Um and I'd love to get some time with Michael Port and have him teach. I mean, I like to think of myself as a speaker, but there's a long way to go and and I'm okay with that. Um yeah, but yeah you know, so great stuff. He's George. I've
0: seen him, by the way, I know we gotta close this out, but no, no worries. Um and and he's not paying me any money to say this, <laughs> but I've watched Michael Port work like with people on stage, got the opportunity to like videotape uh uh a lister, uh, you know, mentor thing that they did. And Oh my gosh. Like talk about understanding the story that somebody else is trying to tell and then helping them navigate the best way to tell it. It was, it was magical watching him work.
1: Yeah. So well worth it if you can catch. Oh, with him then, huh? absolutely, absolutely. I've heard, I've heard that again and again. So, um, and his yeah. wife works with him too, Amy, right? She Amy, has her own yeah. show and everything. Yeah.
0: She's awesome. They're yeah. both awesome. They're just awesome people. They really are. Again, it comes down to if you're going to be great at something, it's because you're a great human being at the end of the day before we talk about what you do professionally.
1: It really does come to that, doesn't it? I mean, I, the more people with whom I interact, the more I see that. And I think, man, I'm first of all, I'm, I'm extremely blessed to be surrounded by some great men and women in my life, professionally, personally, and like you said, they, the world's combined. So, right. Um, but yeah, just if you're, if you're really good at what you do, but you're kind of a jerk, I don't care. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you know, you lost exactly.
0: me. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's funny. It's like,
1: uh, it's the polar
0: opposite of uh, you had me at hello, you know, the Jerry Maguire thing. It's like, you lost me at
1: douchebag. So <laughs> he lost me at douchebag. Um, and it also reminds me of Alec Baldwin and uh, Glenn, Gler- Glenn Gary, and Glenn Ross, always be closing. You're, no, you're not a closer. On. Like, no, you know what? Always be helping. Yes. always always be kind like come on yes that's the world yes. in which we live uh i could sit and talk to you all day brother um but uh, i want to know uh, i don't want to take up our listeners too much of their time um yeah. i would keep it around this time but i but i want to get to this one though this is my favorite question if you could only tell one last story what would that story be what would it look like how would you go out with one last story in your life yeah wow
0: You know, I think uh, I have multiple stories, um, but I wouldn't use any of my personal ones. Well, I would probably use my personal ones to tell a a mega story. The story that I would want people to understand or that I would try to convey is that um, you are absolutely more powerful, more smart more anything that you think that you're not. Um, You have the potential to be great. Um, And you just need to find that thing. You need to find that passion. You need to find that consistency. Um, And then the most important part of this, you need to find that belief in yourself to be able to get to the next level. Like one of the things that just ah, it just gets me is when you can see somebody who feels like they're stuck and then you teach them something or say something to them and you can see that light bulb moment of like, oh, I I can be somebody. And Dan, I think it is because that would be my last story because I go back to the math teacher and telling me I would never amount to anything and me believing for probably the first, what I would call half of my life or maybe fourth, cause hopefully I live a really long time. Um, but, but for that, you know, 20 to 26 years, uh, first part of my life believing like, man, I'm, I'm just, I'm going to be nothing like I'm going to work a dirt job and I'm going to have a dirt house and i probably will never be happy and I don't deserve to be happy. Like, and then me having the aha moment, that light bulb moment of like, you know what? I'm, I'm destined for something greater than this and I believe it. So now how, if I believe it, how do I achieve it? right? And there's this whole other thing that, and if, if this, if you hear this and this was like, Ooh, I want to know more Then you can hit me up on the socials, but it comes down to this thing that I I'm starting to go with in my mind is that everybody wants to dream, right? And we should dream big, even though I posted that to people the other day, quit dreaming big, but there was a reason, uh, you have to dream big. Once you have your big dream, you've got to, Kind of pull that big dream into goals, and then out of those goals, you have to create musts. There's three layers. Like if you if you feel you're destined to be more than you are right now, then those are the three layers. It's dreams, goals, and
1: musts. And that is a mic drop story right there. Boom. Um, that's good, man. I like that that last story of helping. What what it comes back to is helping others see themselves as bigger right? Positivity in the world, helping you staying humble. Um, I love it, man. Yes. Yes. So where's the best place storytellers, network listeners can find George B. Thomas?
0: Yeah, definitely. So, uh, there's a couple, but the best, the one that I really like people to engage with me on is actually Facebook, Mr. George B. Thomas. Um, if you don't want to go for the deep dive, uh, the swim of like the real human, then just hit me up on the Twitters, which is at George B. Thomas. And, uh, you know, that we can have more of a like micro
1: relationship instead of you getting the full breadth of uh, of what I do. <laughs> Absolutely. Awesome, George. Hey man, I appreciate your time today. I appreciate you opening up to the listeners and, uh, and sharing tips and sharing vulnerability, man. That was a lot of fun. Yeah. Yeah, Dan, I totally appreciate it. Thanks, man. Thanks for doing what you do. It's important. I appreciate that. I thank you so much to my guest, George B. Thomas. Be sure to visit him online. You can find his links in our show notes, Twitter, Facebook, uh, his website, that kind of stuff. You've got to check him out. He is a great guy to have in your circle. Uh, If you enjoyed the episode, please consider sharing it all over, social media, everywhere you can. Email it to somebody, text it, whatever you want to do. Anywhere you can share with other storytellers is always helpful and is always appreciated. Speaking of appreciation, uh, reviews, I love reading them. Uh, love knowing that I, that the show makes an impact on folks, not me, but the guests and, uh, especially in fact, here's a review that's fitting for this show in particular. I mentioned earlier, the love of a wife and children is a dream of a man, at least for me anyway, it is. So here's a review from my bride, Sonia. Thank you, honey. Uh, Dan's passion and enthusiasm for his guests really shines through in each episode. Dan has a knack for telling stories of his own and has a way with guests that encourages them to be real and authentic with their storytelling. Looking forward to future episodes and the variety of stories his guests will bring to the table. Two very enthusiastic thumbs up. And I tell you, I give her a hard time. But uh, I know that she listens. Uh, she's come back with some, uh, some feedback, some, some great, uh, I love that guest. I, I was surprised that I learned something from that or whatever. Um, so I uh, very much appreciate it. I've got at least one listener out there. So thank you, Sonia. That's my, my one listener. Um, so there you go. So leave us a review uh, on Apple Podcasts, if you would, or Stitcher, wherever you're listening. do appreciate it. It helps us to reach more storytellers. So until next time, here's to telling our stories and having those stories to tell. Cheers.